Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. So week three, I want to talk to you today about the pattern of prayer. We talked about the purpose of prayer. We talked about prayer with confidence. Today we're going to talk about the pattern of prayer that Jesus gave us uh, in Matthew chapter 6. Today we know this pattern of prayer as the Lord's Prayer. But I want you to understand here that, that God was giving us a pattern of how to pray. Not what to pray, but how to pray. Okay? Scripture says this. Jesus said, pray like this. Now, you don't have to be a church going to know that that the Lord's Prayer is something that has been prayed for centuries, right? All of us at some point have prayed the Lord's Prayer. Can we, can we do it together right now? I want to I see how good of a Catholic you were <laughs> right now. You ready? On me, on three. Ready? One, two, three. Our Father... I wish I had holy water. I would bless you right now. Good Catholics. Awesome. Now, what does it mean? <laughs> you know, I, I, you know I, I grew up in a, in a country where 90-something percent of the population was Catholic. But it was interesting to me as a kid. I remember I would, I would go to, to Mass at times, and, and place would be so packed. It was just jam-packed because it's a religious place. People go to church. People would be outside of the church, right? Everybody's talking, hanging out, but everybody knew the clues. Everybody knew when to jump in. Everybody knew when to say, I'm like, as a kid, I was, I was fascinated by that. Like, wait, are we for real, though? Like, we're over here hanging out, talking, chatting, but we know exactly when to do this. We know exactly when to kneel. You know, that's what religion is. It's all outward expression. But how many know Jesus gave us this pattern for a reason? There's powerful meanings behind everything that's being said here. And it's not meant to be just this religious, robotic thing that you keep saying over and over again. But what he was actually doing is he was trying to give you a pattern for how to pray. Right? How do you go deeper in this relationship with the Lord? Remember that when he gave us this prayer, people already prayed. Prayer was not new. But what they were fascinated by was, how come you pray different, Jesus? And how come you seem to see more results than we do? That's why these disciples said, teach us. How do you do that? And so he said, now let me teach you. Pray like this. So if you're taking notes, there's actually 10 things here that Jesus is trying to help us understand how to have a deeper walk with the Lord. There's 10 things, and there's too many of them for us to cover all in one day. So I'm going to do five today, and then you've got to come back next week to get the next five. Okay. Oh, man, how to pray. He said, pray like this. Pray like this. Our Father is the first thing that he says. It's connection. Your first order of business in prayer is to connect with your Father. We talked about this last week. 
Father is another word for Abba, which is another word for Daddy. It's a relationship transaction here. This is not some elusive person that you're talking to. You're talking to your Heavenly Father. You're talking to someone who loves you. You're talking to someone who longs to have a relationship with you. You're talking with someone who created you. So he already knows you. And his desire is to go deeper with you. And for you to know him on a deeper way. The Apostle Paul said this powerful prayer over the church in Ephesus. And I want to I I share this prayer with you. Because it's so, this is what it means to say our Father. Watch this. The Apostle Paul said this about prayer to the church in Ephesus. He said, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That's an awesome prayer for all of us. You know, Pastor Rick Warren says this about this prayer. He said, listen, God's love is long enough to last forever. Wide enough to embrace everything about you. Deep enough to pull you out of your deepest despair. High enough to overlook every offense. That's the love of Jesus. That's the love of the Father. That's why we start with our Father. You know, He is for you and He wants to bless you. And so we, we begin by, by experiencing His love. So that's the first order of business in prayer. You know, a lot of times, like I told you, if you only pray in times of emergency, you're missing 99.9% of the power of being in tune with God every single day of the week. You know, begin with our Father, which is relationship, which is connection, which is him saying, I just want to spend time with you. Isn't that what relationships are all about? The people that you love the most, you just want to spend time with them. It's God's love language is QT. It's quality time. You ever taken your love language? Y'all need to get your marriage up. Take the love language. It will bless your marriage. The second thing that Jesus said is, holy is your name. What is that? That's the prayer of refocusing. We refocus, we zero in on who God is. See, it's one thing to know that God loves you. It's another thing for you to reciprocate that love back. To say, Lord, I love you. I worship you. See, that's why we always start service with worship. Why? Because we're saying, I want to take focus off of me. I want to put it on you. I want to I wanna bless you, Lord. Because the more I do that... Have you noticed the more you enter into worship, your worries begin to dissipate? Your problems begin to feel smaller. Things begin to find perspective. Why? Because you're, you're magnifying the Lord. And when you're magnifying the Lord, you're bringing all that is holy into your life. See, the word holiness, we want to clap. All right, let's clap. The, holy, the word holiness means set apart. The, fa- the Father is distinct. He's not creation. Some, some people worship creation. No, he, he created creation. Right? He is distinct. He's set apart. Some people are like, I wish I could see the Lord. No, you don't. You will die. He's so holy. He's so pure that he's like, I can't, like, I, I wish we can have that kind of thing. But in order for me to do that, I have to kill you. You know one of those things like, if I tell you this, I have to kill you. Like, that's, that's God. 
Not that he wants to, it's because he's too holy, he's too pure to coexist with things that are not holy and pure. That's why he only gives you glimpses of himself, and, and that's all you can handle. Have you ever had that moment in prayer where you felt like, oh my gosh, my heart's about to burst? Because why? It's too massive, it's too holy, it's too righteous, and that's the God that you are worshiping. It's a powerful thing to understand how holy God is as you reciprocate him back the love that he has for you. So before we ask for anything in prayer, we need to focus on who we're praying to. That's what worship is all about. That's when you begin to unpack who God is. When you say holy is your name, what else is there? Who do we know God as? Creator, Savior, Lord. What else do you know God as? Healer, provider, restorer, comforter, gracious. What else do you know God as? The counselor, the great I am, the name goes on and on. That's why each time you read scriptures, when someone meets God, there's a unique name for God there. Unfortunately, the, the English translation doesn't do it justice. But when you read the, the original, you see things like Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord my healer. Right? You read Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. He's the one that goes before me. Jehovah Jireh, the one that provides for me. The Lord is expensive. He is holy and he's so unique to every single one of us. Enter his presence first by knowing who he is. Because the more you know who God is, the more you're going to be confident who you're praying to. Can you say amen? So we, we take a moment to say thank you. I want to give an example of that in scriptures. There's so many and I try to give you one scripture from each thing each week because if not, we'll be here forever. But here's what Psalm says about this. He says, let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. I love what Wiley said today. Like the more you are grateful, the more you're going to see God. See, gratitude unlocks the presence of God. Just like every week I've been telling you how much I learn about God by being a parent. Parents, how much more do you want to do for your children when they say thank you? How much more do you feel like, okay, we can do this, as opposed to just give me this. You're like, you knucklehead, you're never grateful. <laughs> right? Gratitude is a beautiful thing, man. It, it, it blesses a relationship when someone says thank you. The most spiritual thing you can do sometimes is to say thank you. Because we, we, we live in, a, in, a, in an age of entitlement. We think we deserve all this stuff. Right? But gratitude says, no, I don't deserve it, but I'm so thankful that you're willing to continue to bless my life. Can you say amen? Are you grateful this morning? <laughs> then Jesus says, your kingdom come. What is that? That's what we call a prayer of cooperation. You see, it's a cooperation between me and God to see his will being done on this earth. See, a lot of times people don't understand that this is, this is going to be maybe a little heavy, but you might be holding back some things if you're not praying. If you're not cooperating with God, there might be some things that you're not going to see because you're not asking him to see it. This is why prayer is so powerful. People say, well, if God knows everything, why do I need to pray? Because he's inviting you in. He's welcoming you in. He's asking you to be a cooperation. Again, with children, what do we do? How do you teach your kids to do stuff? You invite them in. You, 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 you give them a little chore, right? You give them a little thing, right? You're saying, like, I'm trying to teach you life. It's a cooperation. Now, could you do it by yourself? Yes, but what are you going to teach them? If every time you do it for them, you're not teaching them anything, 
right? And so, again, I, I'm telling you, the more I'm, I'm parenting, the more I'm seeing God. God is teaching me. Even sometimes, I don't know, parents, if you have this moment, even sometimes in disciplining my kid, I hear the Holy Spirit say, yeah, what about you, though? <laughs> Am I the only one in church that's going to be convicted here, right? Right? God is so good. He's so faithful. He's like, yeah, well, well, we need to talk to you, though, too, about some things. You're correcting your children about, what about you? Oh, y'all don't get convicted like that by talking with your kids, right? It's a cooperation. Your kingdom come, right? See, God's kingdom means God's will, God's business, and what he wants to accomplish, right? And God has made it clear that he wants to bless us. I want to remind you of one of the great promises in scriptures in Jeremiah 29, 11, right? The Bible says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you to give you hope in the future. But here's the problem. A lot of times people stop there, but you got to keep reading because, because then he says, now here's how we cooperate on this. I want you to go home and read the rest of Jeremiah 29, 11 and see like God's saying, listen, here's my promise, but here's how we're going to do this together. There's got to be some things that you're going to have to do for me to come alongside of you and to be able to bless this plan that I have for you. Can you say amen? And so here, I want to offer my life to God to be used for his purpose. It's not me telling God what to do. It's, it's me aligning myself with God's will. That's why a lot of people don't see the results of prayer. It, all they do is tell God what to do. Can you imagine your, your three-year-old telling you what to do? Again, I'm telling you, kids are teaching me so much about this thing. Can you imagine your, 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 your kids setting up the agenda for your house? Imagine your five-year-old goes, Dad, I put together the plan for the week. What would you say? Who are you? Right? What do we normally say? When you stop paying bills in this house, you can tell me what we're going to eat. Right? So, so, so if that's true for us, how much more is it? That God has a plan. He has an agenda. And so it's my job to be like, God, your kingdom come. Like, in other words, what is it that you're trying to do? See, the reality is God's already at work. The thing is, are we recognizing what's he up to? As opposed to me trying to push my agenda on God. Doesn't that sound foolish? Me trying to push my agenda on the God of the universe. Doesn't it sound foolish for your three-year-old to, to set the agenda at your house? If your three-year-old is running your house, we got a problem. And it ain't the kid. Y'all are too quiet on me today, right? But watch this. Even when life is tough, God's got a plan. Another promise of his in Romans 8, 28 says, he's working out everything together for the good of those. Now, here's the part that a lot of people miss. People always say everything happens for a reason. No, he says everything happens for a reason for those who love me. Understand that. That's so important because a lot of times we've misquoted that scripture. Oh, this is, must be God. No, everything happens for a reason in, in, in regards to those who say your kingdom come, your will be done because God's got a plan for my life. It's not me doing stuff, then blaming God for things not going the way I want it to go. It's very important that we understand that. Right? 
So, so, so what does it look like to cooperate with God on a day-to-day basis? I want to show you the scripture from a paraphrase perspective. It's called the message translation. Once in a while, it's so good because it kind of unpacks things a little bit. But here's how the message puts it. Here's how it looks like to cooperate with God on a day-to-day basis. I love this. It says this. So, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you because you're a knucklehead. You need help. I'm talking to me too. Okay. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. How cool is that? Right? How cool is it that it's not as complicated as make it to be. It's just a daily thing that I do to say, God, your kingdom come over my life. And I want to live in the fullness of that. Whether I'm sleeping, whether I'm at work, whether I'm dealing with my kids, I'm saying your kingdom Come, can you say amen? How many of you, go, of you guys, in all those years of being Catholics, you thought about it this way? That's what I thought. Right? That's why I'm saying, like, it's one thing to say a prayer. It's another thing to live out the prayer that you're saying. Right? So this is a template. And then Jesus goes on to say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. In other words, an echoing of what's happening up there should happen down here. Here's a tough thing that a lot of people don't understand about scriptures. 90, probably 99% of what Jesus talks about has nothing to do with an afterlife. It's all about what you're doing here. We miss that a lot. Right? Jesus was more concerned with how you're living today. Because he knew, like, if you're living today, then of course it's going to affect your eternity. So it was never about eternity when we all get to heaven. No, it's can you bring heaven here? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? And so this is, this is where now, my friends, I surrender. I surrender to the will of God. Right? I give God my pain. I give God my sorrow. And I know that because he's my father, he wants to comfort me. He wants to support me. He wants to strengthen me. He wants to enable me to do his will. But here's the thing. It's got to be his will. Even Jesus had to submit to the will of the father. Even Jesus had had moments when he had to say, not my will, but your will be done. I want to remind you, when he was facing the cross, when the time came, this was Jesus' prayer. I want to remind you of this. Jesus said this, Abba, remember, Daddy. He cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yeah, I want your will to be done, not mine. My friends, this is where the rubber meets the road. There are some things that God is not going to get you out of. He wants you to go through it. I don't know what it is for you. but some things you got to go through. Some of us are wasting our praise because you're praying about something and God says, you know, you're going to go through this, but I will go with you. Though you walk to the valley of shadow of death, you shall fear no evil for my rod and my staff will comfort you. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you every step of the way. Some things you have to go through, not around. Can you say amen? All of us are going to face what we call these Gethsemane moments in life. All of us are going to have moments where we're going to have to say, Lord, I wish it wasn't this way. 
but your will be done. The Apostle Paul, one of the greatest missionaries that ever lived, also had this moment of Gethsemane when he said, man, I prayed about this thing. And we're not sure exactly what this thing was. Some people say it was a physical illness that he prayed. And then God said, yes, but my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made manifest in your weakness. When you think you're weak, you're actually strong in me if you just go through it. So I don't believe prayer makes life easy. I pray we understand this. Prayer is not talking to some magician or something out there like we're Aladdin. No, prayer is about encountering the living God who sometimes says, this is the only way we're going to see this. I remember this. It was the crucifixion that brought the resurrection. No crucifixion, no resurrection. See, we have, sometimes you have to go through it to see what's on the other side of this thing. And trust me, he's already there. Why? Because he's already gone through the cross. He's on the other side of your victory. And he's there to say, come along. It's okay. This should be part of our daily prayer, prayer of surrender. Because there are times God's not going to change his mind because he knows what's on the other side of this. See, God doesn't waste your pain. Pain is his megaphone. Notice that God is ever more real in pain. Matter of fact, some of us, we would not meet God if it wasn't for pain. We don't like pain, but we need pain. No pain, no gain, right? That's, that's how we go. Well, in scriptures, it's the same thing. No pain, no growth. It's the part of the process. It's the only way that we're going to see the fullness of God's will. I'm afraid sometimes in church, people will come face to face with their breakthrough, and then they walk away. But here's the thing with God. He'll, he will put that mountain somewhere else. And you still have to go through it, not around it. Can you say amen? And then the, the fifth thing today, Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. This is where I begin to trust God for all my needs. This is when you bring your prayer requests to God. Because he told you to. Bring everything to God. See, bread is a symbol of all your needs, physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, relationships, whatever it is, bring it to God. He says, I want to be the one to sustain you. You see, when the enemy came to Jesus and, and tempted him to turn stones into bread because Jesus was hungry, he had a physical need. The thing is, Jesus could have done that, but he knew, like, I was going to fulfill this through the wrong means. If you don't go to God to fulfill your needs, you're going to fulfill it through the wrong need. Oh, this is such a good word. Because sometimes we get so desperate, we don't ask the question, who is the source of this? Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me today. Why do you think so many relationships don't work? We get so desperate, we'll take anybody who comes through the door without asking the question, where'd you come from? What is the source of this? We are so messed up, we don't even ask God, is this you? Because Jesus told the enemy, man don't live by bread alone, but by every word. In other words, God sustains me in this. That's why we don't have to chase money. God sustains us. You don't have to chase a man. God will sustain you and bless you with the right person that should come into your life. If you just learn to say, God, not my will, but your will be done. But take care of me, Lord, because he will. 
See, let me give you another promise of his in scriptures. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. He says, and the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. All your needs. He didn't say all your greeds. There's a difference. God will supply for all your needs. In the Old Testament, he was providing supernatural food called manna from heaven to his people every single day. And you know what he said? One condition. Only take what you need for today. If you take more than you need for today, it will spoil. But guess what? We're knuckleheads. What did they do? They tried anyways. Well, well, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm just going to be, who knows? If God helps those, helps themselves. Come on. You know. <laughs> and they woke up. They woke, the whole thing was spoiled every single time. Do you understand what God is saying? I'll take care of you each and every day. If you come to me each and every day, I will take care of you each and every day. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own troubles. Some of us, we're having a hard time living today, but we're focused on tomorrow. Maybe we should put our energy on today because today will be the effects of tomorrow. And, you know, and if I can keep doing that every day, then tomorrow will be always be taken care of because God is a God of yesterday, today, and forever. Can you say amen this morning? God, again, as a parent, God is not trying to give us everything. Can you imagine a parent who gives his kid everything? Don't elbow anybody. If you're doing that, you are raising a Barbie. Who thinks the world owes her everything? Right? She's going she's gonna to be 18 and it's a rude awakening. When she gets fired for the first time or a college doesn't accept her, what are you going to do in those moments? As parents, part of what we do is say no. And why do we say no? Is it because we don't love our kids? No, because we actually love our children that we say no. So when God says no, maybe he knows better than we do. And we have to learn to see it from his perspective that, no, knucklehead, you cannot have ice cream again. I told my son, you're there. he's 10 years old, I said, you need to get a part-time job. Because your cavities are killing me, not you. They're killing me. You know? So, so, so God says no because he loves us. I'm telling you, when it comes to relationships, when God says no, listen. You know why? He's not seeing you right now. He's seeing you 10 years from now. And he knows, listen, listen, this is 10 years from now. This is not going to be good for you. But if you trust me on this, if you put me first, if you seek me first, if you honor me, if you stay pure, if you stay loyal, if you stay committed, I will bless you, not today, but for the rest of your life. And I'm not God. I don't know why he answers some prayer doesn't answer others. I don't know. But I trust that he is good. I don't know why some people in this church have prayed for a financial breakthrough and God and someone didn't. I don't know. I'm not God. All I know is if I can just stay on one thing, he is good. He is faithful. He will bless me. He will take care of me. He will guide me. He will lead me. He will protect me. He will bless me. He will always make a way. I don't know why. 
And to be honest with you, that's a waste of energy to try to figure out God's heart. You just have to trust his heart. Right? That, that when he says no, it's for a reason. Just like you know your heart, your kid could be having a meltdown, but you know why you're saying no. And you know if you give in to every meltdown, you're raising a Barbie. What you learn in church today, don't raise a Barbie. <laughs> and worse, don't raise these dudes who think the world owes them everything. Parents, hey, I'm going to get in trouble on this one. So I'm going to prepare myself for maybe some emails. Um, I was a high school teacher for 12 years. And then I taught college for three years. So I was a teacher for a very long time. And you know what I saw? The comment that I made of a lot of kids? It wasn't the kids. It was the parents. Anytime a kid gets in trouble, you go there, and the first thing you do is protect your kid and don't ask what happened. You're part of the problem. There's always two sides or three sides or four sides or five sides to every story. So you better listen to all of it before you say, well, my kid will never do that. Trust me, it's awkward. Because I'm sitting there, I'm like, I know your kid, though. We spend eight hours a day with him. He, he, yeah, he does that stuff. <laughs> he may not do it in front of you, but he's doing it. He's not a bad kid. It's just the reality of it. And so be, let's be careful that we don't set our kids up. Because I've seen this. When you go in there like that, your kid is saying, oh, I can do whatever I want. Because he or she will always have my back no matter what. You still love me, though? I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to help. I do it with my kids all the time. They play with the neighborhood kids. Something happens, they come. Oh, Dad, I'm like, yeah, but yeah, hold on, hold on. That's your side. What's the rest? Well, then I, oh, okay. Okay, then you pushed them, didn't you? Right? Don't we do this all the time? Because I'm like, I'm not going to raise one of these kids who think the world owes them everything. Of course, you should protect your kid, love your kid. That's God, right? God loves you, protects you, is for you. But you go out there doing crazy stuff, God's like, I told you not to. Oh, y'all don't think God talks to you like that? <laughs> God is hood. Y'all ain't reading your Bible right. Right? <laughs> y'all didn't read Genesis? When he's like, who told you to eat that? I didn't tell you to eat that. You're out of Y'all in my house. You in this house? That was the first kicked out ever. In this house, we eat this fruit, not that one. Out. But I do love you, though. I'll take care of you, knuckleheads. Yeah, I need to put new eyes and read the Bible like it's real life, everyday life. It'll make more sense, trust me, if you see God as a hood. No, I'm just kidding. That's, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he said just for today, church, depend on him daily. He wants to provide for you. Just like as a parent, your kids depend on you every day. That's the beauty of this relationship, isn't it? If you have kids, some of y'all, you're like, man, he's, he's 35 in my basement right now. Still taking care of him. <laughs> there should be an expiration date, though, on that. <laughs> if he's 35 in your basement... You might be the problem. <laughs> you know, you're giving him cable. You know, he's in underwears, playing Xbox. You might be the problem. Uh, okay. What's the word from the Lord today? You got to go home and kick him out. You know, God kicked out Adam and Eve. Steve, it's time to go. 
But I thought you loved me. Yeah, I do. That's why I'm kicking you out. You will let, okay, I'm just going to leave it alone. Let, let's, let's end this because it might go bad. Um, <laughs> I want to I put this word into practice like we've been doing every week. I want to pray. I want to pray. Just do me a favor. Would you stand? Let's pray together. Let's pray these five patterns. Our Father. Our Father. I pray we establish that first and foremost. Would you do me a favor? Would you, just so you can focus, would you just close your eyes, lift your hands to the Lord. Let's take the next few minutes and just commune with Him. In your own words, just say, Father, come. Thank you for loving me, for creating me. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Come on, go ahead and fill in the blanks. Worthy. Wonderful, powerful, majestic, healer, provider, the lover of my soul, my Lord, my God. Your kingdom come, Lord. We're here, the Lord, to say, have your way. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Lord, I pray this morning for the strength to say, not my will, but your will be done. I pray today, Lord, that we surrender all to you, Jesus. Surrender all our longings to you. All our pain, all our disappointments, all our trials and tribulations, all temptations. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done in my life. Your will be done in my family. Your will be done, Lord. Your will be done in this pain that I'm going through. Your will be done in this crisis. Your will be done, we pray. And Father, give us this day our daily bread. Come on, go ahead and fill in your daily bread. What, what, do you, what do you need from the Lord today? What do you need? Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.